in the words of the legendary Lou Gellerman, hello, dog fans, and welcome to the Sound the Siren podcast, because everything matters, including the biggest non-conference game at Husky Stadium since Nebraska came to town in 2010. Uh, I am your host, Hooligan7. I'm joined tonight by Hood Husky, a.k.a. for this week, All Purple Airthang. Um, we may be joined in flight by DJ K Woody and J Cap, but Hood, how are you doing tonight, buddy? Man, I'm doing real, real good. Um, looking forward to this this packed house on Saturday for sure. Yes, uh, I will bring my voice. I don't know that it'll last much past like a quarter and a half, but it'll be there. <laughs> Facts. Uh, with, I'm gonna bring with... my feet to help supplement. Yes. Yeah, I'm not. Ooh, I could. If it wasn't going to be a nice day, I'd think about wearing my Timberlands, but... Oh, big stomp, stepper. Stomp, well, <laughs> Timberlands stomping on the upper deck, it makes a shit ton of noise. Just Come on. Uh, voice of experience a little bit there. Um, <laughs> uh, I, it's part of how I make noise when uh, my voice goes out is just bang on the bleachers with the heel of the, <laughs> with the, heel of the shoes or the toe of the shoes. Um uh, we'll start with uh, drinks of the evening. Uh, what do you have? Oh man, you already know how I get down, man. You know, I gotta, I gotta make it uh, climactic when it's anticlimactic in in actuality. Uh, <laughs> a long-winded way improved. to say, man. I got my high quality H two O. Come on, my Bobby Boucher um, vibes. I gotta get a new little, uh, a little gallon yeah. jug though. Uh, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to make J-Cap cry when he hears this, but I have uh, the Kirkland Signature Organic Coconut Water, and it's uh, it's doing all right for me tonight. Um, coconut water is underrated. I love coconut water. Yeah, for sure. No, it, it's it's good. Like I had some uh, good little getaway with the family to Sancadia. Um, had a couple of glasses of wine over the course of the last couple of days, and uh, just getting back to hydration. <laughs> hey, there you go. Um, See? Uh, without further ado, we can certainly stop, talk stupid tweets. Um, I do have one, and it goes to... Let me find the exact... Um, uh, the exact tweet, it goes to quack to quack uh, Eric underscore Stamness, uh, who responded to Mike Varel's tweet five days ago that they announced Wazoo's win over the PA system inside Husky Stadium, and the fans audibly cheered back the pack. Am I right? Uh, and uh, quack to quack said most Huskies wish they went to Wazoo. It makes sense. Uh, no. Oh, There's boy. a reason that WSU rejects, or excuse me, that the website UW rejects routes you to Washington State University's homepage. <laughs> uh, you got that one backwards, just like, you know, y'all had it backwards thinking you guys were going to beat Georgia or thinking you guys were a nationally relevant program that can't sell out a stadium for a <laughs> top 10 matchup uh <laughs> spring game spring game spring game, yeah, hey, spring game congrats attendance. on the spring game natty ducks um yeah uh yeah but that's what i got for stupid tweets uh i don't necessarily have a stupid tweet um i i have like a um, an old narrative so i'm not going to call it a stupid narrative but an old narrative um in posts in my washington wednesday posts i posted the 
the purple chrome helmets. And um, there was uh, a lot of positive reception, but there were also some naysayers um, and some people who just wanted to go traditional. Um, and those are most likely the people, boomers, <laughs> you know, millennials love to throw it back and we can always show appreciation and things like that. But um, it's people in the class of 2023 people in the class of 2024, 25, 26 that we have to cater to in regards to the product we put on the field. And um, I think if we're not listening to them, um, the purple chrome helmets, the gold chrome helmets are two of the most popular on recruiting visits. Um, and I think you got to kind of pay homage to what the kids are, are, are wanting. Um, we get traditional helmets every week, obviously. We love that. We, we love it versus even Michigan State this week. But we got to be willing to mix it up uh, every now and then. Yeah, I agree. And and I'd actually even argue to some extent we don't get traditional helmets because it's still the smaller W and they need to bring back our W. Um, that's a, a whole other conversation that we could talk about branding <laughs> again. And I'm going to keep saying bring back our W and, until it happens. Um, I also think it would be interesting. Like there's so many options and like we could differentiate and do one-offs a little bit more often without going full Oregon and staying true to our tradition. Um, I think a purple mat similar to like, or something similar to what we did in the Lambright era would be great. Even though those people that were arguing with you were like, Oh no, I don't want, want to remember that era. It's like, do it differently. Do it with an actual gold W. Um, I also think it could be relevant, particularly, um, with who the Husky legend is this week to go back to an even like throw it back to do a modern spin on an even more old school helmet um, with, you know, any, whether it's a purple mat, whether it's a, you know, a, a purple Chrome spin on what sunny six killer war, like do something different, but lean into, you know, every time you do something different, that's not your standard set, lean into your tr- tradition and do spins, bring it modern to your, to your point. Um, we can't just do the same thing over and over and over again. That's the definition of insanity. <laughs> or exactly, actually, it's the definition exactly. of a John Donovan offense. <laughs> oh my goodness, man. Inside zone, inside zone, inside yeah, zone. Yeah, let's run and dive on third and nine. Lord have mercy. Shouts to Mike Holmgren, too. <laughs> or, or no, that was draw. Sorry, Mike. That was draw. Yeah, that, that was, was draw. draw. Um, <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk briefly about what we saw out of the Portland State game this past weekend. Um, what particular you know things stood out to you about the game? Anything you were surprised by? Anything you were super excited by? Or anything you were disappointed by from our from our performance against Portland um, State? I'd say I was surprised by um, once again just uh, the level of execution with like these. Uh, hockey style lineups um it it uh once again like real real football people are gonna understand what i say in regards to that but that is very tough um that is a high standard to have as well too so um that's that's very impressive um and then um i would say something i was kind of uh disappointed in was the uh defensive backs uh i really felt that um the corners uh you know we've been spoiled for the last uh, few years in regards to cornerback play. Um, And I think that um, just being at the game, you can kind of see they were, the offense was getting behind them. And if it wasn't for our pass rush getting there um, and giving these quarterbacks more time, 
they probably would have been able to connect on a lot of those. We saw um, at least one connection versus the Golden Flashes uh, two weeks ago and um, for a touchdown. And um, there's a lot of holding going on, a lot of those things too. A lot of the safeties squatting on routes um, and not truly playing uh, overhang or over top like they're supposed to too. So, um, and from all of them, veteran guys, young guys, things like that. So I'd say that's one of the disappointing things. Um, I really want to key in on on one guy um, on defense specifically, um, and that's Braylon Trice. Th- that man balled out, um, starting to get some some draft buzz going, like I've really been advocating for. He's got the power profile um, and really, really showcased it versus Portland State. Wish he would have got that sack fumble credit. It sucks how a quarterback can kind of just chuck the ball away as long as it's going forward uh, after all your work to kind of um, swipe it arm and get the ball loose and things like that. But uh, for, for sure, Trice, and I'm looking for him to, to dominate and have a, a, a big, uh, I'll say, t- breakout type game versus the Spartans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's um, that's certainly something that I think is going to be a key piece of this equation. Um uh, you know, and particularly as we get into talking about Michigan State in more depth, the the matchup of our edges against their offensive line, and conversely, how our O line matches up with their D line, uh, is really. I mean, obviously, it's kind of cliche in football to say that the you know line play is important, and your and games are won and lost in the trenches, <laughs> but it's true. Um, uh, certainly I, I saw a lot of good things out of our edges against Portland state. I mean, you'd expect that given the talent disparity. Um, I will say the you know, not to be a contrarian. I will say the one, I think, you know, I, I, I definitely saw, uh, Irvin play pretty well at the corner spot. Um, as he started to get reps, um, there were definitely a couple plays where he was right in the right position. Um, so I, I certainly see some progress being made there. Um, nice to see th- the running game get going and, and to see the variety that we have in the running game, not only in terms of the the different pieces that we have in the, def- in the, the offensive backfield, but how they get our guys into space. Um, I'd say, you know, certainly it's, it's an obvious one, um, but welcome back, Richard Newton. <laughs> he definitely yeah. flashed. Um, Absolutely. Flashed and dashed and smashed. <laughs> Absolutely. That's our guy. Um, so, so welcome back. Um, really good to see to see him back and, and kind of with that same, you know, really aggressive, hard running style, like taking no prisoners um, and having, you know, the depth of, of four guys that you can rely on in different situations in that room is going to be a big key. And I think as, as we talk Michigan state, that's going to be something that Michigan state is going to have to deal with is we're going to have guys fresh that give them a different look. And at the end of the day, like um, I know like there, is it Wim Winden, their big pass rusher? Uh, Yeah. Winman. Like as you get late into the game, Wayne's about the same weight class as Winden. So uh-huh. it, if with, you know, our tackles and our linemen pounding on him, like, yeah, he might get, you know, I expect that like, we're probably going to get, see a little bit more pressure than we've seen the last couple of weeks getting to Penix. Um, I think running back blocking is going to, you know, p- pass pickups, you know, uh, you know, assignments are going to be a big key, but as this game wears on and if we've been able to establish a running game, 
your guys of that size are going to wear down in the running game. You're just not going to hold an edge at 225. Um, and whether that's the big back of the power of, you know, Newton or Talapapa, or whether it's if you've worn down and suddenly Cam Davis gets outside you or Will Nixon cuts by, by you on something. It's, it's a nice, it's, it will be a good problem for us to have or, or an option I, to attack. I didn't even, um, apologies. I didn't even speak on, on the offense at all. Uh, just kind of really, really, uh, was excited about the defense and felt like, um, while they did have some mis- miscues on the back end, like they were, um, flying around and executed at a high level. Uh, I, I was excited on offense to see our run game kind of get mm-hmm. into a rhythm, um, and just seeing how, okay, one person doesn't need to have over a hundred to be effective um, and get chunk plays and things like that. Um, also too, to see our wide receivers kind of keep up with, uh, with their coaches yards and touchdowns this week. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of good to see the receivers kind of get J- some, some Jaylen yards. Might have had a hit. Take that one, Jamarcus. Uh, most of these 84 <laughs> yards are mine there, bud. <laughs> are mine, baby. <laughs> and we're going to see, we should see that a lot. Um, and that was also awesome to see when's the last time we've seen an explosive play like that, you know, at Husky Stadium or mm-hmm. by the Huskies. So it's been really, really awesome. Maybe that Puka play in 2020 where he kind of takes yeah. off. Um, I think it was versus Arizona maybe, but um, mm-hmm. it's been a long time since we've had an explosive like that uh, in the past game. So that was yeah. really, really exciting as well. And I do want um, to, to the, your Julius Urban in the secondary kind of point. Um, yeah, I, I don't want to be too hard on that. And I feel like I always kind of st- take a step back in, on that as well. I, I, Mish plays um, when the, when the, when the play is in front of him, uh, I believe he's the best corner on our team. Um, I, Julius Irvin has played phenomenal. I think he's played the best all around um, at cornerback in my opinion. Um, so I, I definitely want to uh, give them their credit uh, for sure. Um, I'm just just saying that they're the defensive backs for the first time in a long time are more reliant on the pass rush than vice versa, um, and that's just something. Yeah, it a, a little been bit of an adjustment. I mean, it, it's it's you know like we talked about last week and the week before. It's schematically just a, a whole different ball game, where it would have been really interesting with the corners that we had what they could have done with a pass rush mm-hmm. or, I mean, and I think, it, you know, it's when McDuffie and Kyler are basically shutting down their sides of the field, you know, there's not necessarily much that they're going to do in terms of like the, the yardage that they allow is not going to suddenly take a dramatic difference, but the, the turnovers, if we'd had a more functional pass rush game would have looked different you know, for, you know, the, the pass rush forces teams into like, it's that risk reward we talked about where some of the time we're going to get beat. And then some of the time our pass rush is going to get home. And if it doesn't take the quarterback mm-hmm. to the ground, quarterback's going to throw one out of way or try and throw one under pressure. And all of a sudden it's in our hands, not the, the guy he's hoping for it. And then and you're the so ball. confident in your offense that, you, okay, you gave up a big play. Great, you got three, you got six, you got seven. Great, we're about to get three, six, seven on this next drive anyway. So, yep. not too concerned about it. So, I do think everything will will obviously um, ease into into routine for sure. Yeah, yeah, and, and also you know offensively, give a big shout to. Um, it's a, nice to see Giles have his first hundred yard game. Oh man! In a lot of like, you know, a lot of different routes, doing a lot of different plays to to you know, and it's not. You know, I think it got said on the telecast. I think we talked about it where it's like, he's not a gadget player. You don't think of him like 
the way that the Peterson offenses used Chico. The guy is uh-huh. a receiver. He's an incredible, incredibly fast guy. But um, I think one of the plays in, in particular that stood out to me um, was the one that set us up with a first and goal where he came across the middle. And Giles is not the biggest guy in the world, but he put his shoulder down to pick up a couple of extra yards, getting it into like a you know, goal-to-goal situation at the three where it could have very easily or previous receivers who will not um, – be named would have probably gone down at about the six or the five yard line uh, under soft contact. Seeing <laughs> <laughs> uh, a receiver deliver a blow was, was a cool thing to see. So shouts to Giles for that. Um, I think we've kind of touched on it a little bit already. So let's just talk Michigan state. Um, what are kind of your, you know, maybe big three keys to the game that, um, are going to you know make the difference one way or the other in, in how you see this one playing out? Um, three keys, uh, I would say, one, um, our pass rush definitely has to get there. I think we're really going to be reliant on our pass rush for sure um, in that rotation there. I think their offense is going to really struggle to key in on anybody in our front seven. Um, just due to the rotations that we have and things like that and the versatility of the guys and where you can put them and things like that. You know, you having three edge rushers on the field, um, Jeremiah Martin as a down lineman, ZTF, um, and Trice in the game at the same time, like, uh, who are you going to key in on, et cetera. So um, I, I just think um, our, our, de- our pass rush and our defensive line is going to be very, very critical to this IDL as well, but um, particularly the edge, uh, the edge play for sure. Um, and how they're able to get to Thorne. Thorne naturally is already kind of uh, inaccurate. So get a little pressure, get your hands in his face, tip a couple balls, um, crawl at his legs, things like that. And, I think it's a, a pretty easy game for, for the defense. Um, next up, I would say the key two would be um, the kick coverage game. You have uh, some da- a dangerous guy in uh, uh, Jalen Reed, mm-hmm. um, their best offensive weapon. Um, so, I, and, and I believe he returned one, might have got called back last week, but um, you, you see that potential there um, in the return game. And we've also kind of been leaky in regards to that this year. Um, even, and I would even say we've had some guys wrapped up, you know, at the 25 or or, um, or less and have missed some tackles on our special mm-hmm. teams as well. So I think the kick return, uh, sorry, kick coverage game is going to be very important. Uh, key number three, I would say, would be uh, keeping Michael Penix upright. Um, I think... I think our run game will definitely get into a groove and things like that. I don't think we get a hundred yard rusher. I think we may have a guy or two with uh, one or two touchdowns, uh, just kind of finishing off drives. But I think the pass game is going to need to kind of uh, um, uh, take us to that next level in this game. I do not think it's going to be super competitive late. Um, so w- if that um, prediction is to come to pass, then the pass game's going to need to be clicking and that mm-hmm. pass protection is going to need to be clicking. So uh, I think the, the offensive line and the pass protection, uh, Big Troy and Roger, both are, you know, top five tackles uh, in the Pac-12 uh, or maybe even the country. So in, in pass protection. So um, I think that's going to be very, very important. Uh, key three. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think the other one that I think, it's certainly something that, you know, with what Michigan State likes to do, they want to establish the running game. Granted, it's been against Golden or Golden State. 
No, we've not played Steph Curry. <laughs> Kent State Golden Flashes. There we go. <laughs> um, like, yes, but, you know, that's a good running team. And, and like we talked about last week, we held, you know, them on kind of the design run and on an interior runs or running back keyed runs to 30 plus carries for 100 yards. Like, I don't have a tremendous concern about us getting gashed with the traditional running game. I just don't. I think our, um, I think from what I've seen, like I've seen what I've hoped to see out of our interior D line and the interior linebacker play, that it's not a scenario where I think we're going to get, I don't worry about this game being a repeat of what we saw all the time last year with, with the previous staff of just, Eight yard run, nine yard run, twelve yard run, seven yard run, six yard run. Hey, we stopped somebody for three yards, but then they picked up four and then six, and they get a first down, and we can't get off the field. That's not the concern that I have. Um, I agree with you on, on your key about you know the pass rush getting home. Um, I think if the pass, you know, if I think if we get into the three or four sacks out of this game, um, I think Peyton's going to throw a couple our direction. Um, and, and I kind of agree with you that if the game goes that way and if we're able to slow down their running game enough and force the game into his hands, that ultimately plays to our favor. And then certainly from the offensive standpoint, if if Penix is over 250, and I, and I honestly think like 250 would be a... Um, I could see the game happening where we end up getting more on the ground than we kind of expect. And it ends up being that, you know, much was the, as was the case with, with Portland State, where we had, um, I don't have the stats exactly in front of me, but we had, what, three, four running backs over, or we had three running backs that each had over 50 yards. Um, I could see, you know, maybe a couple of backs getting over 50, getting up to 70, 80 yards, uh, and that mitigates the pass game a little bit, or where we, um, but this staff, even if we get to a lead, like, they're not going to stop throwing in the ball, um, and I just don't see Michigan State having the capacity unless we just are a, unless our young tackles as good as they've played so far, if the, the moment is, if they get intimidated a little bit by the moment, um, the only area of concern would be if, if Michigan state's pass rush gets home a little more often than we would like, or are comfortable with getting to Penix and throwing some things into question there. But if we take care of the ball and if we, if our pass game does what they're capable Michigan State's not going to, like, I don't think we're going to be four for four in the first half <laughs> like we were or or basically go, you know, seven of eight or whatever it's been the first two games of, like, and it's a Husky drive and it's a touchdown and it's a Husky drive and it's a touchdown. It's a Husky drive and it's a touchdown. Oh, wait, let's do something different. Hey, let's kick a field goal. Like, we may <laughs> actually have to put the punter on the field. Uh, I will uh-huh. say shouts to Portland State's uh, coach for, for his quote after the game about, like, uh, he he asked his opinion of what he thought of, of Washington after playing. And it's like, well, I didn't get a really good look at their punter. <laughs> so, uh, I think we may actually punt the football a couple of times in this game. But with that said, um, with the stadium environment, and I think the, the other key that I would say is with the purple out, like it's been a while, but if you're listening to this, if you're going to the game, get loud get rowdy absolutely you can make a difference in this football game um make this an app and get keep us on the path to getting husky stadium back to being an environment 
that teams fear to come to because it's so loud they can't hear themselves think. And but let's make the camera shake. Let's paint. Let's get paint in front of thinking. Jesus, what the hell? Like this place is louder than fuck. Like that kind of environment will rattle a team, uh, particularly a team like not, Michigan State's not young, but they've got a lot mm-hmm. of new pieces. They've got a lot of players that are filling in for injuries. Yep. You can throw them off their game with noise and establish a tone early and don't, don't let them into the game. I mean, you look at right now, like I think I got to double check it real quick, but I think Peyton Thorne is under 60% passing and he's played Western Michigan and Akron. You know, so I can't imagine. I can't imagine. You know, with a, a huge, a huge crowd, loud crowd, hostile environment. We saw how the Seahawks can impact stadium. The sound at Lumen Field can impact the game. That's the same type of thing that we can kind of do, and I believe will happen. You know, with the obviously the athletic department kind of reaching out and setting the tone that this was going to be a purple out. Um, months in advance, uh, kind of letting the fans kind of gear up and be prepared for this. Um, like you said, man, since what, 2009? Uh, well, the, the LSU game was in 29, was in 2009, but Nebraska came to town. Uh, I, I think everybody points, you know, that uh, remembers that era would, would much rather talk about the second Nebraska game that year. Than <laughs> the first. Uh, but that was a pretty big deal that, that when Nebraska came out 12 years ago, um, but it's certainly the biggest non-conference game since then. And, and to, to look at, at Thorne's stats as of right now, he's he is above 50%. He's 30 of 52 for 57.7% for 445, uh, four touchdowns, three interceptions with a long of 44 yards. So he's under 60% after he's played Akron and Western Michigan. And I had somebody on what um, Michigan State Twitter tell me that they have done exactly what they're supposed to do versus Michigan, or sorry, Western Michigan and Akron. I mean, so um, what you're actually supposed to do is what Penix has done versus Portland State and Kent State. So there's levels to the standard and things like that. So I mean, just want to make that clear. Uh, against Western Michigan, 12 of 24 for. 233 yards, four touchdowns, one interception, and the long of 44 yards, which went to, which was a catch and run by Jeremy Bernard. Uh, his mm-hmm. QBR was 65.9 against Akron. Granted, I think they established the running game and didn't necessarily need to throw that much. 18 of 28 for 212. Uh, no touchdowns and two picks. Against now, Akron. don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Jeremy Bernard, uh, Coleman, Jalen Reed are, are very, very good players. That's a great trio. Um, even have a budding a budding um, tight end uh, player transfer from Illinois, I believe, but they've got some talent on the outside. Um, I'm not naive to that, not discrediting that. And I believe that um, they will have their successes in this game. A um, couple deep shots, a um, couple chunk plays, things like that. Uh, just don't, just don't fear uh, Berger and Broussard. Don't fear them at all. Um, I think we can contain them and containing their running game is, you know, we saw last year, Kenneth Walker, uh, they were able to ride him out when Thorne couldn't kind of um, take over games or even game manage or would turn the ball over. And I just don't think uh, Berger and Broussard are chunk play type of guys that are going to be able to hit home runs and keep you in the game. Um, You look at Michigan last year with Hassan, um, uh, with Haskins and um, 
Blake Corum, uh, that type of combo, or that's two NFL guys. Uh, those are two uh, explosive guys um, carried their team to a CFP. I don't think that that's the same type of resistance we're going up against. So um, with the mm-hmm. with Rome coming back as well on offense, you think of that. Uh, you think of Jordan Polk, or sorry, uh, Jordan Polk. Wow. Um, you think of uh, Jordan Perriman coming back. <laughs> Man, that's phew, Jordan Polk. What was that? That was a long time ago. A little scat scat receiver. Uh, but you think of Jordan Perriman coming back as well. Um we're 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 gearing up to be stronger coming into Michigan State while they lose, you know, one of their better linebackers, uh their best uh safety as well. So Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's we don't know whether we will see how or how much of Jalen Reed we will see based on uh-huh. unfortunately an injury where he didn't got tackled into it into like the Gatorade table. Yeah. Uh, Did you see that at all? I didn't. I uh, had a family event, so I didn't necessarily watch a ton on Saturday. Um, it looked like it hurt. It, it definitely. Yeah. I mean, he'll be fine, but it's probably like a like, nice little cut bruise I mean, type thing. Unless you're a Bills fan, you probably don't have a lot of experience going into a table. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that is one of the great traditions. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, should we do some just some score predictions? Uh, and you can certainly uh, give yours, and, and then I'll kind of. I've still got a. I've got a ballpark on where I'm at. I, I need to. While you while you give yours, I need to to lock mine down. I I haven't really thought about a score, but um, I'll say I think we are going to score on at least two possessions in the first quarter. I don't know if Michigan State will. And I think uh, I'll I'll give them three or in the I'll give them seven in the first quarter, um, but I think that's the closest the game is going to be, um, the most back and forth the game is going to be. I think uh, they're going to have a few turnovers. I think this is the game you're going to catch a, some uh, defensive scores um, to break the game open, whether it's a pick six or a fumble uh, for touchdown, those types of uh, plays. Um, and I think once we get up on them 24-7, 28-7, the game is just going to get out of hand. Um, so um, I'll give them kind of USC, Stanford, some late scores at the end of the game. I'll give it, um, I'll say 45-28. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to be on the conservative side and I do, you know, I think Mel Tucker is a good coach. Um, I certainly think that they can do a few things to disrupt and that it's not going to just be the same easy breezy um, coast <laughs> that we were just operate very, very efficiently and, you know, touchdown every time or, or, you know, get stops every time. Uh, I think I'm going to go 38, 23. But I think it's going to be, but I agree with you that I think a lot of that is going to be that, you know, maybe that latter, that last, I think it'll be, you know, like in that 38-17 and they get a late score or, you know, 38-16 or something like that where they get a late score. I think that there's going to be probably, and I expect Michigan State to be a little bit more effective at moving the ball against us consistently than Kent State or Portland State were. Um, but I ultimately think the defense will bow up and I think there's going to be more instances where they're kicking field goals. Um, and I don't see other than on extra points, I don't see us needing to rely on Peyton Henry a ton in this game. Um, I think we're going to be able to continue to convert for touchdowns as we get into the red zone or into the orange zone. 
Um, so I, I think it's it's a win. I think it's going to be a very loud Husky Stadium, and I think that while I while I will be kind of conservative in my prediction, um, I could also see a scenario where if that pass rush, to your point, if the pass rush starts getting home, if we get a defensive score, that it it could get ugly, and I don't necessarily know if the defense takes the foot off the gas late to give them those late scores. But um, I think it could be a very fun day and a real meaningful day at Husky Stadium that, you know, at the end of this year, we'll point back as, as kind of a real key. Um, we've, like the team's done every, the team and the coaching staff to this point, like they've done what they were supposed to do, what they're expected to do. Very encouraging signs this is going to be like, okay, this matters. This is the game where it's like, it starts to show against real opponents. And I would argue that it, it, you know, more kind of landscape wise, I don't know necessarily if I could point definitively to who the best team that we're playing this year is right now. Um, I agree. The most talented, the most talented team, according to the total team composite, is the team we're scheduled to play on uh, November twelfth. There is a uh-huh. world. I mean, and congrats to them for woodshedding Eastern. Well done. Way to bounce back. But there's a. It's it, there is a lot little is yet to be written about this season. Um, there's no team in this conference that doesn't still have a significant a number of questions to answer. None. <laughs> like there's nobody that definitively is like, oh my god, there is no way that anyone can beat them. Um, I think the only, <laughs> sadly, I think the, there's only one team in this conference that basically everything is answered uh, and it's not a good answer and uh, I think the the buffalo are uh, Ooh, they're going through it they're going through it and there is a distinct chance that they uh, join the 2008 Washington Huskies in the notoriety of the over <laughs> they have good talent too that's the crazy part it, they, yeah they have good talent but it, it's um, but you know, like Utah has, has some questions, USC, like, yeah, the offense looks great, but the defense also gave up 220 yards to Stanford and Stanford is not good. Not good um, at all. You know, Arizona, I was actually a little disappointed that Arizona, like I wasn't expecting them to beat Mississippi state, but that game got away from them in a hurry. Um, yeah. Delora kind of seemed like the deer in the headlights a little bit. Uh, coming next month to Husky Stadium. Um, He's about to get cooked here. <laughs> I think yeah. the big thing for Michigan State is it's like I think the matchup is just not not good. Like, right. you know, styles make fights, and I think that this team would beat other top teams in the Pac-12 or play us competitive even if we were at their home. Uh, you know, I think I just think the – the style of our team offensively and defensively, and then being, then being at home, you know, if we had, if we had big games, you know, once a year at home, that'd be different, but this being a, you know, 
a game that you know the biggest out of conference game in over a decade like i think that's going to carry weight like significant i think the there's a lot of buzz in the city you know what i mean trying to find the winners you know with the seahawks winning with the mariners winning like there's a there's a train of fans that are right now running behind the winners and i think that uh that husky stadium is going to be rocking i think peyton thorne is whether that we had five people in the stands is uh, prone to throwing interceptions or prone to throwing, um, <laughs> you know, Aaron throws. Um, so let alone actually his receivers knowing what the play is and things like that. So I think it's just a bad matchup of us being at home and then styles make fights. I think we struggle with more conference opponents than Michigan state. So the Oregon States and the Oregon's and even UCLA, I think those guys are going to be a little tougher than yep. uh, Michigan state for sure. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I mean, you know, shots to Oregon State for they've done what they needed to do against, you know, it's it's no it's nothing to sneeze at to to go on the road and beat Fresno State in their building, uh, and excuse me, and, and certainly controlling uh or uh, Boise State the way they did was impressive and, and I would also hope, you know, certainly be remiss to uh if we didn't give some credit to Washington State for going to, to Camp Randall and getting a win. Um, definitely not the fashion of a Washington state win that you would expect <laughs> over the last 10 years, uh, a defensive slug it out slug fest where the offense doesn't do a ton, but the, the defense <laughs> makes the plays that they need to, to, to win a game where no one gets to 20 points. Uh, hey, Dickert's a defensive guy. He is. And, um, I think he'd probably prefer that he didn't have to be that defensive um, to get a win. <laughs> um, but uh, it, it's it, it's definitely an interesting landscape. Any other anything else that you want to say about kind of things going on with the program or um, what you hope to see on Saturday? Um, I was just one thing, man. Just excited that the program uh, and the athletic department, um, you know, is is doing their best to sell this game out. And uh, I love the little deal they did with uh, combining the soccer tickets mm-hmm. as well. Just get some heads in that soccer stadium as well. And I think they've uh, they've, they've definitely heard and responded um, pretty quick to, uh, you know, fan suggestions recently. So that's really, really cool. Um, and obviously a purple out has to be an organized thing. And it, it can only be real, real popping if the athletic department is really, really pushing it and marketing it. Um, so that's awesome to see. Um, and then I'm just really overall uh, kind of piggybacking off that overall, just really excited to see a loud crowd, you know, like I'm not a, a huge Seahawk fan or anything like that. And uh, I'm a huge Mariner fan, uh, but every now and then is when you get to you know open a day and then a random series with a big team is when you get to see a roaring crowd. And this is going to be a time where we get to see a roaring crowd and, um, you know, Sounders as well, but, but, um, I'm super excited for that and being a part of, you know, making a, a quarterback or uh, offensive line false start or things like that. So uh, that's going to be super, super exciting for me. Um, a player I'll say that I would tell Husky nation to watch out for uh, uh, something out, something out off the field would be Devin Culp. Mm-hmm. Um, it seemed like Western Michigan and Akron both had some success up the seams with kind of uh, some bigger bodies and, I think Devin Culp's going to have that ability to kind of uh, bounce off the first guy after making a catch and and, and break a long one or consistently be uh, open um, um, in the seams or uh, things like that. So I'm super, super excited for uh, the opportunity presenting Devin Colt. Uh, 
and the fan base. Yep. Yeah. And I will also say, uh, you know, certainly one of the things that's also stood out in the tape from the first two weeks. Um, and, and I will give a ton of credit because, you know, certainly with the, the body type and kind of the skill set that he demonstrated in his uh, high school and Juco tape, like Quentin Moore, I, you know, you would have anticipated more to being a, you know, a big receiver and maybe the, the, the gap in his game would be as a blocker, but that dude has gotten, it is that he has put in the work and developed. He's looking like an offensive lineman out there. Locking it down. So <laughs> um, I hope, to, I hope that uh, we see Quentin get a couple of catches um, in key situations um, to reward him for, for the work that he's done as a blocker. Cause it's huge. And, and it's, you know, the work and, and I think the thing that I've been impressed also with this team is that they all seem to be willing to do the work that even if they're not the one that gets to make the play, that they're yep. doing the work to put their teammate in a position to be successful and and win that one on one matchup. And and that's a lot of this offense is is sometimes you are going to be the decoy and, and you're gonna run a route that like you're the third or fourth option. But if you do it well, you're gonna get your teammate open and then that, that's gonna come around for you later in the year or or later in a game where you've run that route and then suddenly that team, you know, you, I think you pointed something out in a GC where we ran um, the same play to two different receivers in the first, and I don't remember whether it was the first drive or, or one of the other drives of the game. Yeah, it was like, it was the first drive and it might've been like three or four plays after each other. Um, it was pretty interesting. Ran it to one side of the field to Rome and then ran it to the other side of the field with Jalen Polk. And it's just like, you know, for you to have the arrogance to do that on the same drive, um, you know, and get to the get to the look in two different ways as well was is 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 pretty cool to see too. You know, we saw a lot of like Lake and um, CP loving the like loving the gamesmanship and stuff like that off the field with no depth charts and things like that, no injuries. I like the gamesmanship on the field. You know what I mean? Like show off, show your formula works. You know what's coming, or or obviously you don't, but you know what's coming, and we're about to spank you doing it. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, I think uh, that about covers it. Uh, go dogs! We'll see everybody at Husky Stadium and on in in E one hopefully on Saturday. Purple it out if you wear something other than purple, but you're gonna need to go to the team store and buy something else. Uh, <laughs> um, Michigan State needs to be thinking what Todd Marinovich did 20, 32 years, 32 years ago. Uh, on all I saw <laughs> was purple. Um, but go dogs. Go dogs. And shout out to all the, the local uh, high school kids that are going to this game, yep. man. Um, you're getting to see what Husky uh, football is really about. Yep. Big one. Big one. And, and huge to, to get that established back in the in our market. For sure. Absolutely. Go dogs. Go dogs.